So I had a weird dentist visit experience. I booked an appointment with my dentist a couple months ago, and frankly, the appointment they gave me was too far in the future. I didn't like it, I didn't want to wait two months. Rocky, where's your dentist loyalty? Somewhere with my dental insurance, I suppose. I called this new dentist because despite what their website says, they in fact do not book appointments online. You will wait. I call them, and I say, Are you the dentist right off Ditmars Boulevard? That's where I want to go. Right off the subway. We're off the subway, yes. Okay, off Ditmars Boulevard. Off the subway, she says. Bam, let's do this thing. Book an appointment knowing in my heart I've been lied to. Call it female intuition. Call it telepathy. Call it dumb luck. I just knew. The day of the appointment comes along. I walk into what I think is going to be my dentist that I asked for over the phone right off the subway at Ditmars Boulevard. When I walk into this office, the lights are off, but there's a receptionist, and she's looking at me like I got eight heads. Hi, I'm here for my 3.30. Finish that sentence with a cartoon gulp, you know the one, and then I held my breath. Oh, no, no you're not. We are closed today. (sighs) Damn it. I knew this was going to happen. You know, the girl on the phone felt off to me, and when I said, is this the dentist right off Dittmar's Boulevard, she didn't give me a straight answer. This lady looked like she'd heard the quote, are you not entertained? Many, many times in her life. Okay, um, do you want to make an appointment with us when we're open? Nah, I'm good. Turned into a 33-year-old female Larry David. Cool, cool, cool. Are you sure? Ah, okay, I'm here. Great. Here's our card. We open at 8 a.m. on Monday. I don't know why she gave me this information while I was standing in front of her and she was sitting in front of her turned on computer because it wasn't 7.59 and 59 seconds a.m. o'clock on Monday morning. It was 3.32 on a Friday. Egg on my face. I call the dentist where I'm supposed to be and I say, hey, where are you? And he says, where are you? And I say, I'm at Dittmar's Boulevard. The last lady at your office I talked to said yes when I asked if you were the one off Dittmar's Boulevard. Um, I don't think I understand, ma'am. Where is your office? Oh, our office is off Broadway. Okay, well, that's too far for me now. Not in life. It was just far from where I wanted the timeline of my day to go, you know? Do you know? Are you going to come in for your appointment, Miss Powell? I'm not... Not today. I'll have to reschedule. I walk home defeated, and then I remember this is the only office that had appointments near me soon. I call him back. Hey, baby, I'm sorry about all that hollering before. Let me stop playing. What's that Monday looking like, huh? That Monday's looking like a Friday, bitch. Friday it is. A week from where we stand. We fast forward to this Friday. I take a couple puffs for the road. I get in the zone. Big mistake. Huge. I walk to the dentist. I immediately get a weird feeling. Great. I should have known. I knew on the phone, but I just should have known. The receptionist asked me, so would you just like a cleaning? Yeah, that'd be great. Keep it simple, check for any property damage, and I'll be on my way. Then this woman pops out of nowhere and says... You'll have to get x-rays. I'm sure my associate, yeah, she said associate, failed to tell you, and I'm so sorry about that. But you will have to get x-rays. No, 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 I don't have to get x-rays. I'm good with just the cleaning. To which she responds, it's the law. This woman really went and brought the law inside my mouth with the quickness. 
it's illegal for us to clean your teeth without x-rays. Okay, but they don't even arrest white boys for murder. You don't have to give me x-rays. You're good. Also, don't x-rays take a while? Yeah, kinda. Doesn't even try to lie this time. Hashtag Ditmars Boulevard. Can I just not get them? It's the law, unfortunately. Hey, lady, a lot of things are the law, but I'm still gonna do 73 and a 55, you dig? I sit down, I'm in the dentist chair, and immediately I felt like this whole thing was a sham. A sham scam. There were no degrees on the wall. Where are the degrees? Dentistry and doctorstry are two places I want to see you brag about that accomplishment. Give us the goods. If you get paid because of your scalpel skills, the more degrees, the better. No, no, no. This room had one poster that looked like someone Googled poster for dentist office simple. She throws the x-ray thing on my chest and I immediately feel paranoid because of those bong rips I took before I left the house. And I'm looking at the poster. And all I can picture is the movie The Interview, when they realize that all the grocery stores in North Korea are fake, and then my wheels start turning, and before she can take the x-rays, I get this overwhelming feeling that I've been here before. So I blurt out, Did this place used to be another dentist? Yeah, not too long ago. Yes, 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 I've been here. This was my old dentist. Did that dentist close? Well, yes, but it's the same owner. Oh, same owner, that's great. You have my x-rays on file. I don't need x-rays. I figured it all out, you guys. So the x-ray lady goes and gets a Lori Law follower, and I say, Lori Law follower, there's been a mix-up. I've been here before, you have my files. Let's just jump to the cleaning. Yeah, I searched your files, and no, we don't. But x-ray lady said this was the dentist's office before. I know I've been here. You haven't. There are two other dentists on this block. Maybe you mean one of them, but welcome. Now I'm laying here. X-ray after x-ray and like a lightning bulb getting turned on, I realize I was in fact wrong. My dentist is the dentist from the beginning of the story, where I booked an appointment months in advance because that's all they had. They still exist. They haven't been replaced by this sham dentist I made up in my mind. This place did not in fact replace my dentist. The cleaning goes great, except I'm mortified the entire time. Do I have any cavities? No, you look good. You'll just make sure you make another appointment so the dentist can take a look. In six months, right? No, in the next week or so. Where is the dentist? They're not here. So now I have to come back a second time before my next cleaning? That's like getting an oil change, then coming back a week later to check in with the mechanic to make sure the oil's still inside. If everything looks good, why do I have to come back? And where is the dentist? Finishing up that degree that's not on the wall? <sighs> I make an appointment that I'll cancel, of course, for sure, for sure. And then I'll go back to my regular dentist, which I passed immediately upon leaving this mind maze I experienced. I realized in retelling this chaotic tale, my role in the catastrophe, sure. I do. But you know I'm right about those degrees. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. 
Party God Squad, hello! Did you have a great week? Did you shake your ass and smoke some grass? I sure hope so. I saw some amazing comedy shows this week. I'm bopping around dating and I am embracing it. Sometimes I feel like a sexy little Charlotte. And then sometimes I feel like a free-flowing Carrie and my vibrator treats me like a dirty little Samantha while my house clothes mirror that of a lazy Miranda baby. Meow couple of ways I'd like to improve the world. I'm American. I get it. I'm living through the pandemic in this country. I saw this country refuse to wash its hands, among other things. But when you're in public, just wash your hands the alphabet. That's it. Say the alphabet and wash your hands in a public restroom. If a person is next to you, don't get dirty. Get clean. The only exception to this are those sinks that you need one hand to hold up the thing and the other hand you're like washing with your hand. In those cases, break that sink so the owner is forced to buy a real fucking sink. The bottom line is just wash your hands, people. I'm seeing too many people burst out of the bathroom with a palm drier than the desert. I feel like an outcast because I don't like fruit in my water. This type of water is just out here trying to be like sangria in a Hampton Inn lobby at 8 a.m. on a Sunday and I just brushed my teeth. Just be yourself, water. I've been thinking a lot about Pete and Kim. I've personally been on the Pete train chugga-chugga-choo-choo since his Netflix special, so miss me with the what's the appeal. Pete Davidson is smoking hot. And I don't know why people try and push this narrative that he's not. It's not working. A lot of people are attracted to him. So shh. He is one foot and one inch taller than her. In order for me to manifest the same energy and imagery for my life, I'd need to date a fake Pete Davidson who's six feet, five and a half inches tall. That's your guts though. He's rearranging your guts at that point. They do say that positive change starts from the inside. That brings us to Rocky's highest thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, Diana Ross is an icon, a legend, and a star. Can we please stop scoring every goddamn detergent commercial to I'm Coming Out? It's enough. Number two, if there was true blue world peace, would dogs still need to be on leashes? Number three, in the fourth grade, I sold bootleg Usher Raymond and Savage Garden cassette tapes to my classmates. That was my main hustle, and I think about it often. Number four, sometimes you have to say, "Mm, not yet, to life's weird shit. Number five, you could have a nickname that you don't even know by a stranger you've never even met because you frequent the same place as them, but one time you did something weird. For example, I laughed alone outside once listening to a podcast, and now I think someone who may have seen it calls me Heath Ledger, but they really mean Joaquin Phoenix. Are you following? Number six, model yourself after Snoop Dogg as often as possible and the world will be a better place. My guest this week is actor and comedian Gary Denoya. I've known Gary a long time and watching him gain traction and a really large following by sticking true to his hilarious comedy has been quite a treat. His wild word was run away, but you should stick around. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find me at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok and Instagram, at 
Wild Nights Pod on Twitter. I'd like to thank past you and future you for writing that amazing review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. You're all members of the Party God Squad, but that is your membership fee. And now, please enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Gary Denoya. Gary, welcome. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. I have to be honest, Rocky. I'm, I got a little Jesse Spano um, moment <laughs> right now um, because I'm so excited and we know each other, but I'm also yes. scared because as we discussed before we went live, yeah. um, this is like one of those scenarios where it's like a long time listener, first time caller, but like <laughs> yeah. I'm more, I'm more than a caller. I'm actually a guest. So I'm just so excited to not only as a podcast host, you kind of have like a blossoming career as a songwriter. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Gary. Well, you are a guest, but you're also a friend. You're also a yes. friend. We've known each other many years through the Pit community. And it's funny you say Jesse Spano because do you remember a long time ago when you used to do the Save by the Bell? It was like improvised Save by the yeah. Bell. And you cast me as Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. That was a childhood dream come true. I love Kelly Kapowski. Oh, that was such a fun show. And it was like a good crowd. And it was always a good time. I always love getting to produce like improv shows like yeah. that. Who are the people? Because we usually get put on teams that you have to audition for. Right. And fortunately, I was on a team with people that I love to play with. But like, there's still always those people that you get to watch. If you're like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to play with this person. So I selfishly created that show as a way for me to just play with people I want to play with. I actually, I don't think it's selfish. I think in the entertainment industry, as uh, minute as improv, a small improv community to as big as gigantic performers people want to work with people that they want to work with and everyone is you know a content creator in their own right you kind of have to be in 2021 if you want anybody to see your stuff so you should pick and choose the people that you want to work with yeah and absolutely i think the thing too maybe you realize the more you're like in the game so to speak or the older you get yeah not only do you want to play with people who you think are funny and talented but you just want to be around people that are like good people that you enjoy being around off stage you know yeah. what i mean i do know what you mean because uh that's where most of the fun happens. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast was because of the pandemic, I was really missing that after show camaraderie that all the comedians had after improv shows or what have you. So yeah, I just want to talk to funny people every week. And luckily because of Zoom, you can do that. Yeah, now when you're planning shows, you don't have as many options or a lot of the people that we started out doing comedy with, they're not here anymore because they uh, all were runaways oh okay <laughs> i see i see where you went with that it's true i mean there are some people that went home during all this yeah um to wherever they came from <laughs> that sounds harsh but it's it's true it's like luckily yeah. like for me i'm a jersey boy you know i'm not you going anywhere yeah you did not have to run away so gary's wild word was Runaway. So Gary and I have a lot to talk about other than his Wild Night story, but that is the meat, that is the juice. So Gary, give us your Wild Night story, Runaway. All right, uh, I'm excited to tell this because um, like it, it was like at a very transformative point in my life. Okay. I was single for the first time in my life, living in Hoboken, having a ton of fun partying. To set the stage, this story takes place in 2013. So this album is still like one of my top five albums, very important to me. You know how you say like sense memory, things you yeah. eat? Random Access Memories by Daft Punk okay. came out, I think in like May of 2013. So that was like the soundtrack of our summer. And for most of the year, this story kind of starts 
at a restaurant job that I was working at in Hoboken. And these people are now like my chosen family. So I'm very grateful these people are still in my life. But you know, Hoboken is a party town. If people don't know, your listeners don't know, it's a square mile and it's the largest bar per capita in the whole country. It's pretty much just a bar town. Yeah, it's It's, fun. It's fun and it's reckless. It's almost like, did you ever watch True Blood? I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. Perfect. So the second season that the the, the bad, the the villain, her name was Marianne. She was a Maynad, right? Her power was like, remember how she just made people just want to fight and fuck all the time? Oh, yes, 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 yes. She was like some sort of old goddess or whatever. There's like this mist over Hoboken. I truly believe it. It's almost like the fairy dust of Never Neverland. We're like, it's just a town where people do not want to grow up. So there's still people now that are like all these years later that are still doing the same shit I was then, but are much older. They're much older, yeah. So anyways, our routine would be, you know, we get out of work, like usually around 11. Yeah. Our salad guy, his name was Slime. He was our Molly guy. Yeah. So that summer was like, I feel like peak Molly season. Mm-hmm. So like as the night would end, we would go to the salad station, get our fucking Molly pills. Yeah. And, <laughs> and since we worked together, he would hook us up. Yeah. So we'd go in the locker room, you know, take our uniforms off. We would already pop a capsule there. I lived two blocks away. I'd go home, take a shower. When that hot water was hitting my face, I was already starting to feel getting it. Getting the tingles. How many people in the group were taking Molly? Uh, usually like four of us. Four of us. Um, okay, so nice crew. A, a really nice crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would do that, and we would go dance around town. But this story progressed because Molly wasn't good enough for us that night. We wanted Ooh. some. We wanted some coke. Yeah. We wanted some Colombian clam chowder. And <laughs> at that time, it wasn't as easily as accessible, or I didn't have enough connects. Right. You know, when we were really in a pinch, in this instance, we would go to this guy who was a uh, a regular at this restaurant. Yeah. And live like pretty much above it, but he was kind of a creep. And I don't want to say his name because Hoboken's a small town. If you ever heard this, he might fucking have me killed. Yeah, we protect the innocent and not so innocent on Wild Night, so you do not have to say his name. You can come up with a fun name for him if you're going to reference him multiple times. I'll, let's just call him like Duddy Martini. That's okay. the way he would say it. He was uh, like, I think from Staten Island, he'd be like, he would always come into the restaurant and be like, I want a Duddy Martini. <laughs> Extra olive, dirty martini. So anyways, our girls, since he's predatory, our girls call him up. And of course, he wants them to come by themselves. Right. I'm like a like a big brother type of guy, like protective. Mm -hmm. Or even at the pit, some people would call me like Uncle Gary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Because I would just like be the dude that would go see everyone's shows and like that. Like I was just fun to support people. Yes. Especially because it was funny. I'm like on Molly. And when you're on Molly, you're in a good mood, but you're very insistent. You're very talkative. And in Hoboken, I would either try and get laid Mm -hmm. or give myself a character exercise. So some nights I would go out in wigs. Yeah. Just like see if people believed me. The only people that knew were like the bouncers when they'd look at my ID. Yeah. They would because they're like, why do you have a fucking wig on? go with it man like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let so me be for some reason i'm like girls i gotta go with you i gotta go with you I'm like, well not for we some reason like you were going because you knew they don't need to be at this uh, what is it muddy d- martini duddy, duddy. <laughs> because <laughs> duddy. They, it's dirty yeah. but like the way he would say like duddy i need a yeah. duddy martini so don't so anyway. say no reason you're doing it because you are being uncle gary listen it's 2021 i don't yeah. want your listeners to be like oh what we need is a white oh. savior yeah. like it's not like <laughs> Like that. No, no, no. Um, I could have just rode with them, but for whatever reason, I cooked up this story. Girls, I'm gonna sit in the back seat 
passed out. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, Gary, you don't need this. I'm like, no, no, listen, listen. <laughs> just tell him if he asks, I'm a runaway and my name is Cody. And you guys <laughs> just found me in the street and picked me up. Gary, I don't think that's necessary. So yeah. every time, like when we pull up, we see him walking out and I'm playing dead. But every, right. every like two seconds I pop up, I'm like, don't forget. I'm a runaway named Cody. Right, right. <laughs> so then they're on Molly Toaster, like Cody. It's like, yeah, because the guy knows me. Yeah. So if he see me, were they like, driving on Molly? Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot even imagine that with your eyes fluttering and like how good the steering wheel would feel. I'd be like, oh my God, it might just feel so good to drive off this bridge. But oh yeah, especially God. listening to like Daft Punk, like um, there's every track on it is great, but just like, doing it right it's like doing it right da, 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 da. yeah I've, don't drive on molly but our wheel woman uh danny what we call her like she would always be the driver because she lived yeah. in weehawken which is less than a mile away yeah and it was a routine game of bumper cars like right. backing in and out of spot we just didn't give a shit right Coboken small so not quick quick trips he comes walking up to the window and he's like yeah uh, girls what are you doing who the fuck is that in the back seat and i'm like and i'm like punching the back seat i'm like say it say it <laughs> oh he's a runaway named cody <laughs> Oh, come on. I was going to invite you guys up to do, you know, the stuff's up there. Yeah. And they're like, well, why didn't you just bring down? I was like, I just figured we party a little bit. That was his yeah. other thing besides Duddy Martini. He's like, I just want to fucking party. Yeah. He would come to the bar because he would always be stressed out because he was married and his wife was pregnant while this was happening. Of course. Of course. Of course. So they're like, yeah, Duddy Martini. Like, <laughs> we, um, we can't because we got this dude just passed out. And he's like, yeah. Uh, no. Nah. I'll, I'll fucking put him on my back. I'll take him up. Don't worry about it. We're going to fucking party. What does he weigh? Like 250, 260? And am I like, in my mind, I don't weigh that much. Like yeah. I was like, I was in like peak, peak, peak Molly Coke weight. I was about like a crisp 190. You're right. So I almost broke character. want to be like, I'm not that fucking <laughs> That was him <laughs> testing you. He was yeah. like, I don't believe this guy's lying. Let me go way over in his weight. How, how old did you say how old this guy was? In his 40s. In his now he's 40s. probably 50 something. Seen a picture of him recently and he dyed his hair like platinum blonde. Naturally. So he, so he looks like classic Marshall Mathers, Slim Shady LP, whatever yeah. it is. So the girls are just like, Daddy Martini, just please just, you know, like we just need this stuff because we got other people we're going to meet. Yeah. And I will be honest, as a drug addict, I not only wanted to protect my girls, I want yeah. a first taste. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. want a first toot. So there was baby. a little, <laughs> yeah. So he keeps pushing it and he starts to open the car door. And he's like trying to pull me out. I'm playing dead Rocky, but I never felt more alive because this was like, <laughs> <laughs> this was like a, 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 a like, Gary, you got to commit to the bit. You got to right. commit to the bit. So he like starts getting me out at this point. The girls are like, no, no, stop. Yeah. And like, he lets go. And at this point, I'm like, let's just fucking bring this baby home. And yeah. I fall out of the car. But like the whole time I'm keeping my head down because the jig's up. If he sees my face, the jig is up. Because he he's knows you. Yeah. And it's like this whole, elaborate uh, unnecessarily elaborate scheme that's what what happened it was every time he was trying to like turn me over <laughs> i was just like yeah so i would like make pretend like i was trying to come too eventually the girls were just like we you know what we're just gonna we gotta get rid of this guy yeah and then we'll come back he didn't even wind up having it that's the worst part so this guy was like fucking lying he never gave it to them basically like you know if you girls don't come upstairs we, we can't party that's like dude and that was like, a typical thing with some of our lady friends in hoboken where if we were trying to get some drugs dudes would be like yeah we have it but you have to come into our apartment yeah and this story kind of ended uh anticlimactically no. you know what i mean uh, in, in, a, in a good way because yeah. like luckily nothing bad happened and we wound up getting coke later anyways from someone <laughs> so else
from someone else. This dude's name was, uh, I'll just call him Margarita. Okay, <laughs> Margarita. Got it, got it, got, got it. We got it with Margarita. was like our uptown guy. Because you know how drug dealers are, right? It's like they know you want what they have. They are either going to make you wait for it. Yeah. Or they're just not going to answer. Or when they make their run where they got to like see like five different people, that's yeah. when they'll call you back. Because they know, even if it's three o'clock in the morning, doing coke at three o'clock in the morning is a terrible idea. But when you're already high, everything's a good idea. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're down to come. Yeah, so we wound up getting it. We had a fun night. We typically do. We would always go back to a friend's apartment, dance, listen to music. But like when, you know, Molly and drugs doing weird shit, we would like wind up like, you know, taking paddles and spanking each other and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was in a platonic way because we like none of us were hooking up with each other. It was just right. like a, a cool thing. It was like a group of, you know, four or five people where guys and girls where it's like, we love each other and like we can do these things comfortably. It, was that the last time you guys tried to reach out to you no because um you know we worked at this place what like three four nights a week and uh -huh. this guy he was there almost every day yeah so no that was not the last time but um it was certainly the most interesting time he never asked about, about the runaway named cody which i yeah. thought was a little 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 stephanie tanner a little bit rude of him De uh, yeah selfish selfish yeah. for sure very middle child selfish <laughs> But we, I mean, like we kind of learned our lesson that night as far as to, uh, we would always do, you know, when you're desperate yeah. um, for drugs, it's like, you'll call the numbers you don't want to call or call the people you don't want to call. Yes. So we would do that. But like shortly thereafter, we established a solid connect for that sweet, sweet ski powder. When you have certain people that are the roster of people that you call and it doesn't feel good, you're like, oh, we got to get down to this person. I more so get annoyed when you're the person who is like, okay, I have a connect. And then everyone complains about the product that yeah. your connect got. <laughs> Guys, nobody else had any fucking connect. Nobody else at, at this point, not to say that they always don't, but you know, I've been in situations before, which we still like laugh about to this day. There was one time my friends and I went out of town and I got Molly for the group. We tested it. It was from another one of those drug dealers who like comes into the restaurant all the time because it was back in my restaurant days. Sits at the end of the bar. Everybody knows him. He's paying like $10, but he's having a full course meal and 15 Jack Daniels. And you know, that, that kind of guy who his hand, every time he sees you gets a little lower on your back. Yeah. He got my friend group uh, Molly once and we still kind of joke about it because we just had this like hazy feeling. They're like, that sucked. And I'm like, well, I remember us all enjoying ourselves while we were doing it, but uh, twist the story, however. It's, so. a, it's the same thing, like getting your friend a job. Like, uh, I don't, and I like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm done I, doing that. <laughs> especially in the restaurant industry. Yeah. But like, you know, weed is one thing, but like when you're giving a co-connect, it's a b much bigger risk. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as like one time I gave um, someone, one of my Jersey City guys, that was during like once my addiction was probably starting in 2013. Yeah. And I gave someone his number and he like called me up yeah. and was threatened to fucking kill me. Whoa. Um, until he wanted my money again, which was the next day. He was one of those guys, get off the path where I live in Jersey City, and the bar across the street, you could see him through the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it would be a series of wild nights where I'd get back from the pit already kind of a little tweaked out. I could go home or, and once again, where I live in downtown Jersey City, it's just bar after bar after bar. It's fun. So, so it's like a choose your own adventure as far as like, do you want to make a mistake here? Yeah. Make a mistake here. But you know, luckily, as you know, I've been clean and sober for two and a half years now. Congrats. 
congratulations that's amazing thank you it's it's uh it's not easy you know people say like i beat addiction or i was an alcoholic no you don't ever you don't ever beat it it's something yeah. you fight every day and it's like uh another like classic thing that people will say that guy is dead that's the old me. No, that part will always be a part of you. Yeah. And I'm turning into like whatever the equivalent of, you know, white women who have the live, laugh, love shit in their house. I do. Yes. So I'm turning into that almost with tattoos. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so like I like I have like a Mandalorian one here. It's kind of hard to see. It means a lot of things to me. But like one of the main quotes from it is this is the way, mm -hmm. right? If I wasted most of my 20s doing comedy at the pit and some of my early 30s partying and not taking it seriously like a job. Yeah. So I also have another tattoo I got recently on my thigh of a ghost because you know when I first started off getting clean you hate yourself you're embarrassed and you're trying to run away from the past ghosts and demons whatever you want to call them they'll always be there to haunt you always yeah but instead of being afraid of them no one ever thinks it this way it's like give that demon a hug like give that ghost a hug that. and be yeah. like that was a point where I was like hurting so bad and all I probably just needed I needed that you know holding yourself accountable this is something that men in general I feel like don't have that women do in spades Mm -hmm. And guys are like, like light years behind on it, but emotional intelligence, yeah, uh, putting in that work, all of it is a good learning experience. And that's why it's fun talking about these times because, you know, I haven't thought about that story in a while. And that was like a fun night at a very fun part of my life. The drugs were recreational. They weren't a yeah, necessity. They weren't taking over your life. They were enhancing it in a way. And obviously drug use is always extremely risky. And especially these days with cocaine is riddled with fentanyl. So I don't recommend anyone does it. But yeah. It's really it's bad. Nuts. But it's funny that you say that giving that version of you a hug because whether people are battling with addiction or any kind of past that they kind of look back on and say, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done this differently. That part of you doesn't die. It just needs to be taken care of. It's like in your caravan of life and you kind of have to say, put your seatbelt on because now I'm taking care of you. You're not loose in the back seat or loose in the back of a pickup truck. That version of you is still always with you and it's always in your in your car, in your caravan. But you That's very well said. Uh, just real quick before you yeah. segue, because you were on the segue train. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, but you're it's fine. like uh you're familiar with Harry Potter, right? Uh I would say not so much. I would say I loved the first book, loved the second book and third book, and then read half of the fourth book. Okay. Did not like the movies because I didn't think they were as good as the books, and I only saw the first movie, so no. I mean, I know some stuff of it and I know it's a thing and I support people who like it, but you know. I was going to say like it, it It reminds me of like a Horcrux, which is like- That's a, your heart, right? I know that. It's almost like uh, when Voldemort died, like pieces of his soul. Spoiler alert. No, I'm just kidding. Where, uh, <laughs> or like he's always around, but like a pieces yeah. of his soul were hidden in certain things so that he could still be kind of alive. It's like buried here and it's like, it's not something that like I push down. It's something that I- I wear right here. You pat on the back. My front back. Front. My, your front, no, yeah. You know what? Let's start calling the heart your front back. Your front back. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, Gary. So you said something that I don't want to reframe, but I want to piggyback on. You said you wasted a lot of your time, not in your 20s and early 30s, not treating comedy like a business or like a job is what you said. Honestly, I get that. I, I see what you're saying, but almost if you look at life kind of like I I'm where I'm supposed to be and you kind of accept it in that atmosphere, your 
killing it right now. Oh, wow. Thank you. And one of the things I love about you is how you're just, and I want to ask you about it, is you're just so original with your short videos. Gary does a bunch of different characters almost every day, right? You do a new character or you do a repeat character from a past, you just put them in another scenario. Yeah, I mean, there was a period pre-pandemic and like early on the pandemic, I was like doing it every day. But now I probably say like maybe twice, three times a week. But yeah, I, that, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. I think the biggest thing like I see that I don't like is you have well-known whatevers. They do only one thing. So I take a lot of pride in trying to do like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Whether it's impressions or characters or songs. It's, I just enjoy making people laugh. And I know like how none of us are okay right now. Yeah. So that's why I probably people do it as often as I do. If I can make people forget about what's going on and just laugh even a minute at a time, it feeds me as much as it makes people laugh and then those people if you know our culture right now is so i can't tell you how many videos and memes my friends and i send each other throughout the day then somebody else if you make them laugh they're sending your videos to their friends anytime something brings somebody a little bit of joy in 2021 i feel like it gets passed on via meme or via um short you, video 100 right and like you know? that's where like i'm building a little bit of a following now it's people sharing things word yeah. of mouth so like i think a common misconception uh, like art like comedians make when they're creating content they're making stuff for other comedians mm -hmm. if your friends are not going to share your stuff if i'm being honest yeah. whether it's i'm not going to share your shit because it's like well it's, i'm not in it so why am i going to share it or yeah. it's a, a reminder that like hey i'm sharing something and then somebody can respond like well what are you doing or you know why I mean? didn't you share my thing when I posted this? You shared Gary's thing, but you didn't share my thing. And then it, it, it it's becomes so dumb. thing. And I used to care so much about that. Yeah. Like what people in our community thought and like yeah. how I appeared in their eyes. Oh, do they think I'm funny? And it's like, I don't give a fuck about any of that now. I know I'm funny. Yeah. And the, my audience is not like the comedians of New York. I don't care about their approval. I want people that have no idea who I am, have never met me before. And I think something I try to do in my videos and on my Instagram, you're not just seeing characters and videos and stuff like that. You get to kind of get an idea of who I am as a person. Yeah, for sure. You do something that there's so many comedians, right? We know so many comedians. And and like you said, everyone is struggling. Everyone's going through their thing. And, and nothing is a barometer for how much content someone should be putting out or how much someone should be doing. Everyone is really just in competition with themselves. We have heard a lot of people throughout the years who say, oh, this would be a great idea if I did this. This would be a great idea. And I've had millions of those ideas that I've never executed. And you execute, you put your content out. What's kind of like your spark of inspiration? And how do you like go about filtering something out and saying like, oh, this would be a great character. Does stuff just come to you and you write it down? Or do you sit down and do writing sessions? Well, it depends. If it's a song, yeah. A character I do, it's like your uncle from Jersey. Found a old leather jacket at my parents house my dad's that looked like something from the Sopranos so I was like yeah. I just wrote, wrote my notes that feeling when you get new leather or something mm -hmm. like that and I was like oh this should be a song yeah and then you find the beat and then you write the song but sometimes it's really just a premise okay I'm in love with a ghost and then I'll be like okay sometimes I'll improvise it most of the time I improvise my videos and it's a lot of times it's just premise based because you're saying okay here's the premise I'm in love with a ghost uh, instead of thinking about all the things that like you could do with it do this or don't do this it's like just fucking do it yeah nothing will ever be perfect don't let perfection get in the way of progress and honestly I'll just shoot a couple of takes and my biggest barometer is if it makes me laugh 
and I'm giggling, I'm giggling as I'm like doing it. I'm breaking character or ones where like, they're not just one take without cutting. Like if I'm editing it and it's making me laugh, I'm like, that's all I fucking care. If it makes me laugh, then I'll know. And it's really just about getting your swings in. Like this is my equivalent of going to the gym. All the videos are funny, but some are definitely better than others. I think people like try and get too cute. There's no secret. I think it's just what you find funny and what makes you laugh and just putting it out there. Yeah. When I'm writing stuff in the beginning, when I started like writing poems and stuff, because I've always kind of written poems for friends. If I had to do like a speech or or something like at a wedding party or like a birthday party or whatever, I always try to like write little silly poems. But the first time I did it on my show, I just said, what if I do this? And then I'd have the pen to paper and I would go, oh, that sounds stupid. That's gross. Like, that's not funny. But then what I would do is just get it out on the paper. And then once I get it out and realize, oh, I'm not going to die. No one's judging me. I'm the only one that's reading this. Am I safe with myself to put this idea on paper? Yeah, I'm safe with myself. And then I can sit down and flush it out and build on it. But I feel like a big hurdle for people is judging their own work. When at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're all going to die. And uh, so you might as well put some fun shit out while you're alive. Oh, you're so fucking right. And like your guest last week brought up a good point. Just like, you know, like the journaling for mental health purposes. Yes. I also use the journaling for like comedic purposes. Yeah. Just writing, like you're saying, writing down your thoughts. It's one of those things where it's like, you you ever get in a scenario in life where it's like someone was a dickhead to you and you were like about to say something and you bit your tongue and took like the high road and then Often. like the rest of the day you're like why didn't i fucking rip into that piece of shit yeah you that's when I mean? you have your shower arguments as we're getting older and as you're saying like the sky opened up and aliens came out like the avengers movies i'd, I'd look out my window and be like yeah that seems about right it, instead of biting your tongue start chewing fucking eat it up because everyone's doing it because now especially in like the creative realm it's not just podcasters or comedians or whatever that are putting out content it's fucking you know stay-at-home moms and like mechanics and whatever do you think they're thinking about that shit and usually the platform and usually the content is good because it's coming from such a pure place yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the the, com- the mistake a lot of comedians run into. The content, it, it seems like desperate. And you could see like when you're watching some people's videos, it's like, I don't believe in this. And you could see yeah. it like behind their eye. I was like, well, if you're not like into it, then why the fuck should we be into it? Exactly. Exactly. And um, speaking of more content, you're kind of, like we said, the content king. You push stuff out there. You're You're constantly doing, doing, doing. You just came up with a new podcast called listen up and fucking listen which is <laughs> yeah. based off of your philly mark character yeah yeah oh that's awesome Ian, that's probably the thing uh to people who don't know me that are listening that i'm probably most known for a couple of years ago i started doing a philly character and then i started doing what i call like philly dubs where i take movies and tv shows and yeah. i just re-edit them and put like a philly spin on it all the credit for this goes out to uh my cousin cody on is the he show a real cousin no there's okay. no that's just a zach garner zach garner uh performed at the pit uh in other places he's now back in philly and he came up with the idea and i was like mm-hmm. honestly i i'm scared about it if you can handle the technical stuff let's do it so essentially once again what you're talking about we had meetings and we we're like overthinking it. do we talk about true crime or this and that no what this is truly about is two dickheads from philadelphia just talking about life And it's all improvised, right? It's all improvised and it's essentially like it's our alter. It's like an in-character podcast. However, if you were from the Midwest and listened to this, 
you, this is a hundred percent believable that it's like these two like pill heads from Philadelphia. Yeah. You keep saying, I won't spoil it, but the perks thing got me every time that I felt like was coming from a genuine place. And I, I listened oh, to yeah. both episodes that, that you've put out already and I thought they were great. And because of that, uh, there is a segment on your show called Han of the week <laughs> yeah. and dickhead of the week. That's so the whole show. Yeah, we're going to play Han of the Week and Dickhead of the Week in honor of Listen Up and Fuggin' Listen. So I want to hear your Han of the Week, and I'll tell you mine, and then I want to hear your Dickhead of the Week, and I'll tell you mine. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot right I'm now. I'm sorry, but I want to hear it as Gary. I want to hear Gary's Han of the Week. Oh, absolutely. Um, this would probably be a... Uh, a I don't think it's a cop out or, or a cheating answer, but I'm going to say you're my number one hunt of the week. Oh my God. I'm going to be honest, Rocky, because you know, we, we exchange pleasantries and stuff and yeah. like you are one of those people. And I have this conversation with, you know, fellow party God squad, Corey and Corey, a fellow podcaster about like, you know, just like how you meet people and you wish like you got to connect with them earlier in life. I feel like your classes and your like class of people at the pit was like right after me. Yeah, you were so performing. Like, I was going to see your shows for my classes. Oh, cool. Yeah. But it would be like one of those people who were like, oh, man, like, you know, I fucking love this person. Like, you want to get to know them better. And honestly, I am so proud of the work you've done. I've told you this before because it's a perfect balance of funny and heartfelt. And I've like just from the beginning of, of your podcast, you've grown so much as a writer. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I just love what you put out into the world. This sound is going to sound gross. But like when I saw, like I smelled you at Young Ethel's. Physically? You're like, no, like your aura, like your, oh. your energy. Like I was like, it was almost like tapping me on the shoulder. I was like, who's, so I feel like someone here, like I know someone is here. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. That's uh, Chanel like, and marijuana, by the way. <laughs> That's oh, my aura. <laughs> shit, Chanel Awana. Well, Chanel wanted to like let you know, like it's one of those things where I've definitely gotten closer with people during this whole thing. Uh-huh. Whether you get to see them in person all the time or not. And you are certainly one of those people for me that uh, like, I'm a big fan and also like a friend of, and like, you know, I look forward to future years and and, and, like friendship wise. And also we got a lot of life left. Yeah. So so you are definitely a hunt of the week. Thank you, Gary. What a pleasant surprise. Um, My hunt of the week is Snoop Dogg. (laughs) I liked, okay. His album came out today and I love Snoop Dogg so much. Um, I think that he is just uh, present day Snoop Dogg right now. He really can do no wrong in my eyes. And I think he does a lot of good for people. So I agree 100%. I want to yes and this because I feel like if they ever wrote a book about like the American dream. Yeah. Or like a Mount Rushmore, if you will, or something like that. He has to be in that conversation of being up there because when it, like starting out his career and just to where he is now and is all you can make the argument is bigger now than he ever was in his like height of like death row and all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's now just part of American culture, whether it's like, you know, the show that he hosts with Martha Stewart. Yeah. He's someone that I feel like no matter where you went in the country, no matter what age or sex or what have you, you are, everybody knows Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves Snoop Dogg. There's that game where people ask like, Oh, if you could have dinner with someone who would you like, he's certainly for me in my top five. Oh yeah. Snoop Dogg for sure. So he's great. And I learned that his father survived Vietnam. He went overseas to Vietnam, fought and survived. And that the average I'm, um, I don't want to mess it up, but I, I think the average 
life expectancy for a black man in Vietnam was 16 seconds. Um, You know, I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but like they sent those poor people that are, you know, to die. Yeah, of Uh, course. But, but I just like to, to know that that was the average life expectancy. That's crazy. And then his father came back and now we have Snoop Dogg is just uh, one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons why Snoop Dogg is Han of the week. And I love the song on his new album called Subwoofer. So I'm going to be listening to it for a while. Now you're dickhead of the week. Fuck. Uh, Dickhead of the week. You know what? Just because it's fresh in my mind. Um, So I've been trying to start a zip card, you know, or zip car. Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. You get the car for the day or something. Yeah. But. But like it's going on three weeks where they like you can't rent a car unless you they send you the physical card. Okay. Because it's almost like a fob. You hit it on the windshield and that's how it opens up the fucking door. Got it. And every like I've been calling and um, you know, every time I'm getting the same old runaround, and the the guy has the nicest like voice in the world, and he's like, you know. You know how like the people yeah. are like customer service, like, I'm sorry about that. Um, that's wow. Um, all right, well, we'll put it in the list. And um, so I'm gonna actually after we get off, I'm gonna call them up because you know, as we're getting older and stuff like that, this isn't like Karen-ish. It's like I want this month, I want a credit because it's a monthly um subscription thing. Yeah. I haven't been able to use it because the card has is and I check the mailbox like it's fucking Christmas morning. Yeah. And all it's just a car to get some stuff done. Um, so yeah, zip car. I'm not really feeling you right now. You're being a dickhead. You are the dickhead of the week. And you might be the dickhead of the week next week if I don't get my fucking zip car. Dickhead of the month. Rocky. I'm dying to know. Who's your dickhead of the week? Um, Mine is this guy that uh, was behind me in traffic yesterday. He's been on my mind because uh, it was a really congested area in Queens. And I was in front of him and he was just laying on the horn because I wasn't driving as fast as he wanted me to, even though there was like, I could see that the cars were stopped ahead of me. So I didn't know if he wanted me to zoom down behind them. And then so we could sit around and wait. But he just kept honking. And yeah, I it's a dickhead move and traffic honking in traffic is a dickhead move. And you like part of you, it's like and I'm because you're a kind and sweet and like big hearted person like myself. It's like you try and empathize with these motherfuckers, right? It's like, well, I get the stress. Maybe these people are late for this or it's like who who likes being stuck in traffic? No one. Yeah. But like, don't don't be a fucking dickhead and honk the horn like. And you never know I, who has a weapon in their car either. You see so many videos of these people who are the ones who have all this road rage and then they get out of the car and they're in people's faces. They choose people who are like, I will light you the fuck up. Like, don't do it. I, I wasn't equipped to light him the fuck up, but. And, and especially yeah. because people will be more prone to film it than actually help you if something like oh, that yeah, happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on your own. You're on your own. It is a dog eat dog world. But Gary, in this dog eat dog world, we have each other. And the last thing I want to plug before we end our amazing conversation, Beverly, your sketch team, Beverly, which speaking of Corey, he called you the, oh my God, what did he call you on his latest He episode? called me Dr. Dre. The Dr. Dre of sketch comedy because you put them from this group because you put them together. Yes, he did. That was really funny to me. And tell us a little bit about sketch team Beverly. I mean, I named it after Beverly D'Angelo. I just love her. And mm-hmm. like, I'm a big fan of like- uh, She was on Entourage. That's what I knew her from before. Uh, before. Uh, yeah, she played 
Babs, yeah. like the crazy yeah. agent. Um, she had that really deep voice. She was like, Ari. Yeah. yeah, a sketch group of people I've been wanting to play with. And it's, I mean, it's really fun. I think it's just like, uh, we call it like sketch comedy with an overbite. It's really kind of hard to say, like the style of it. I, I write a lot of it, so does Rich Templeton. But now uh, we're at the point where every First guest ever, Rich Templeton. First Shout guest. out to him. But like, it's such a beautiful collaborative process now where essentially we're all writing this. Sketches range from like... Um, what a Sunday dinner is like in New Jersey to the high school version of the magic school bus. Yeah. Um, where they're inside a vagina. Um, so like real weird, dumb shit. Yeah. It's just a ton of fun. I love performing with everyone. And like, fortunately uh, for now, we're still at asylum. Our next show is December 20th, which is a Monday at seven 30. Usually we're uh, at nine 30. So like yeah. this is a huge time advantage for people who like myself are like old and don't stay out that late <laughs> Yeah. or like, so there's no excuses now. There's no reason not to come. It's going to be a great show. December 20th, 7:30 at improv asylum in New York city. You can go see Beverly and you can follow Gary at Paradenoia. And I'm only on Instagram. So that's, you know, find me there and say hi. Find him there and say hi. If you're not following Gary, you're not part of the fucking bird gang. Yeah. You fucking bird gang and the, like the dog eat dog world you just got eaten up because yeah, you just got eaten up gary this was so much fun thank you so much for doing the show it was a great conversation and yeah friends for life bruh hell yeah friends forever friends forever say bye, bye the bell friends forever. what a beautiful way to end it what a beautiful way to end it gary we will talk soon thank you again for doing the podcast thank you <laughs> bye